Blessed God, our Father, how we are thankful that you are here this evening. We thank you that we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that you brought us to hear the word of God. And we thank you that also we're going to hear a testimony from somebody far away from Christianity came to know our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for uh, the opportunity that we can come and share the testimony and hear the gospel through it. We give you thanks for our Lord Jesus, the one who brought everyone, every background, from every background, language, and religion. But we are one in him, and we thank you that this evening, this will demonstrate the love of God reaching out to many hearts around the world. We ask blessing upon this meeting. We ask blessing on the speakers, Lucian Bihar, to give him words that we can really be comforted with. And we praise God and glorify his name for his work in every heart around the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> I, uh, I like to give introduction for my dear friend, Lucian Bihar. Uh, Lucian Bihar, I met him in Glendale, California, about 25 to 26 years ago. And I was working with a, a church called Free Methodist. I was a lay pastor, and he was uh, going around the churches to conduct conferences. And we, when I heard that he is Jewish, Egyptian, Christian, <laughs> and is Bob McKay here? And he's married to Scottish. <laughs> just, just see, look at this combination. Jew, Egyptian, married to Scottish. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and since we were really very close friends, whenever he stopped by California, we enjoy his company. Uh, he will tell you how much the Lord blessed him in his ministry. Uh, being in Egypt, being rejected from his family when he received the Lord, uh, came to America and studied the word of God, went to Bible college, and gave his life to the Lord to evangelize everyone going around the world. 25 to 26 countries he went to. He, the last mission, he was in Belgium, established churches in Belgium for four years, and miracles happened in Belgium. He will uh, talk about, I'm not sure he have the time to talk about how much the Lord blessed him in his ministry, uh, but I want to share something that the reason after seven or eight years I haven't seen him we invited him because we have a great ministry, a, a TV station in Arabic called El Karma, or means the vine. This station from Seal Beach, the studios, and reached to 350 million around the world. The broadcast goes to North America, and you can listen to online or in satellite, Middle East or Europe. Australia, New Zealand, and people listening. And he came for two hours last Saturday live 
and he, for, yeah, two hours live and two recorded. And he got calls from all over the world, people asking, Muslims converted to Christianity. Identify with him that they came from a different background to the Lord. It, it was tremendous. Yesterday was amazing, another two hours live and people calling from everywhere, from Paris, from London, from uh, uh, Egypt, from Illinois, from California, from all over the world, and sharing and asking questions. So his ministry really, really was amazing. These two weeks, he preached in many places. So we, uh, we listened to the Jew that came to Christ when he was in Egypt, which I really, when I met him, I haven't seen we can see Jewish people from any country, but he is the only one I know that he came to Christ with his family from Egypt and preaching the gospel everywhere in America and every other country. He went to Egypt back to, to preach the gospel too. So the Lord really been using him mightily. So without further talk and uh, I'll I'm honored to introduce my brother, Lucian, Lucian Bihar. Good evening. I see such wonderful faces smiling with the joy of the Lord. You know, friends, the greatest joy of our lives is the living Christ. He is real. And in your midst, he is right here, right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The wonderful joy of knowing him came to my life when I was 13. And it's amazing, everywhere in the world, God is working mighty, amazing things. And uh, you know, in the Muslim countries, thousands, if not hundred thousands, are finding Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Come on now. And among the Jews, I, uh, the last time we went to Israel, we went to, uh, to, to an assembly like this. Uh, there were 500 people, most of them Jewish believers. Hallelujah. You know, it's wonderful to see God's work go and be, be blessed and be anointed and be successful in a world full of evil and sin and demonic things. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, before I start, I would like to teach you two Hebrew songs. Are you ready? Yes. You know, uh, Hebrew is not the heavenly language. When we go to heaven, we'll... <laughs> but it comes close, anyway. Uh, she knows Hebrew a lot better than I do. <laughs> and, and Irene is... Uh, is of course born and raised in Israel and uh, I've been to Israel many times and I have relatives there they don't know the Lord I only have one distant cousin who's a believer all of them are not but I praise God that my mom and dad found Jesus my sister was first I will tell you the story in a few minutes but I'd like to teach you a couple Hebrew songs I mean it's so much fun to 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 know these songs. The first one is called Baruch Hashem Adonai. The word Baruch is the word blessed, and it's spelled B-A-R-U-C-H, but the C-H is not a ch, it's a ch, it's like I'm gonna spit, but you don't. 
okay? So say it with me, Baruch. And then the second word is the name, Hashem. Okay, say it, Hashem. Okay, first word, Baruch, Hashem. And then the last word is Adonai, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, say it with me. Baruch Hashem Adonai. It goes like this. Baruch Hashem Adonai. Baruch Hashem Adonai. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Adonai. And then we sing in English and we clap, okay? You are not allergic to clapping here. Okay, so let's do it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Baruch. Hashem Adonai, Baruch Hashem Adonai, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem Adonai. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now the next song is a traditional Hebrew song. It's called Hevenu Shalom Alechem. Hevenu Shalom, the peace of Jesus be with you. Hevenu, bring the peace. Hevenu Shalom. Shalom means peace, Alechem to you, okay? So say it with me. Hevenu Shalom Alechem, okay? Hevenu Shalom Alechem. It goes like this. Hevenu Shalom Alechem. Hevenu Shalom Alechem. Hevenu shalom alechem. Hevenu shalom, shalom, shalom alechem. Now, this is the first verse. The second verse, Hevenu shalom Yeshua. Yeshua is Jesus. So we bring peace. Jesus is our peace. Amen? So, say it with me. Sing with me. Hevenu shalom Yeshua. Hevenu shalom Yeshua. Hevenu shalom Yeshua. Hevenu shalom, shalom, shalom Yeshua. Now, the last verse we sing a little different. It's in English. The peace of Jesus be with you. And when you come to the very end, after you do everything, the peace of Jesus be with you, the peace of Jesus be with you, the last word you say is, hey! Just like that. Come on, you're supposed to be happy. Right? Okay, let's sing it. The peace of Jesus be with you. The peace of Jesus be with you. The peace of Jesus be with you. The peace of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
Jesus be with you. Hey! Wow. Are we having fun yet? Praise the Lord. Now, I'll tell you what. We'll do it one more time. Okay? All three verses. Is it okay? You know, I haven't started preaching yet, so you're going to be a little bit longer, but that's okay. Okay. Heveinu shalom alechem. Heveinu shalom alechem. Heveinu shalom alechem. Heveinu shalom, shalom, shalom alechem. Heveinu shalom, Yeshua. Heveinu shalom, Yeshua. Heveinu shalom, Yeshua. Heveinu shalom, 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 Yeshua. The peace of Jesus be with you. The peace of Jesus be with you. The peace of Jesus be with you. The peace of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus be with you. Hey! Wow. Very good. You know, being a believer is a fun thing because we are so full of joy. Let me tell you, let me ask you something. All the sins you've ever done in your whole life have been laid on Jesus. You have no sin in your life if you're a believer and, has, and have been forgiven. Tomorrow, you ask again forgiveness if you do something wrong, and he forgives you. Hallelujah, come on. It doesn't give us license to sin. It makes us fear sin. We don't want to sin. We want to honor him and bless him and please him. But we are filled with joy because our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, today... I want to tell you my story. It began before I was born. My father and mother were what I call seekers for the truth. My mother comes from a very strict Jewish background. My father, not so strict. And um, they met in Alexandria. Don't, tell, don't ask me how they met. I'm glad they did. But I don't know how they met. They met in Alexandria, Egypt. My mother was born in Turkey. My father was also, his great-grandfather was born in Turkey, and they were Spanish Jews. Now, how do Spanish Jews get to Turkey? I don't know, but they got there. And uh, they met there. And uh, I mean, they met uh, in Alexandria, Egypt. And uh, my father was given a track when he was uh, younger, uh, of course, he was married already. He was given a track by a British soldier in Cairo, Egypt. And he began to read it. But the seed that came into his life was not from that track. It went back to when he was a child. He was sent to a Jesuit school by his Jewish family. Why? Because the Jesuit school was one of the best schools in all of Cairo. And of course, being Jewish, you want the best. We Jews, we are very peculiar that way. <laughs> and so he sent her to the, he sent the, uh, my, my uh, sister to this, I mean, my, my grandfather sent, my grandfather sent my father to this Jesuit school. And my father was a, the best student. He was number one. But 
in the Jesuit school, they gave, the, you could never be number one if you don't take catechism. You know what catechism is? Okay. So my dad decided, being Jewish, you know, they let him go and play or something while they were having catechism. But if you take catechism and you have the top student, then you are the top student. If you don't take catechism, you come under that. Okay? So he decided he was going to take the catechism. And they let him. And he found out for the first time that the, these Christians believe that God, through the Jews, brought the Messiah in the world. And his name was Jesus. He found that out. And he found out what the Christians believe. And it became a seed in his life until later he was shown that track that was given to him. I mean, not that track, but the, actually it was a New Testament. And let me tell you, when God puts a seed in your heart, God begins to work. By the way, you know, I've led hundreds of people to Christ, but I never save anyone. We can never save anybody. In fact, unless the, the Holy Spirit draw you, you can never be saved. We cannot do it. We can just share the message. God saves people, right? And it was so wonderful how God drew and drew my family to Christ. And it takes when you're constantly told that these Christians are wrong, you have to go against the tide in order to, to believe in Jesus Christ, right? And my parents were searching. When my sister was growing up, they sent her to a Christian mission school. Again, it was one of the best schools. It was an English school. And by the way, let me tell you, in my family, it was a very strange situation because in America, you tell uh, people, what is your language? They say English. Well, in my family, my mother and father spoke Spanish to each other, okay? There were Spanish Jews who came from Turkey and met in Cairo, but they spoke Spanish to each other. When they were fighting, they were fighting in Spanish. <laughs> and so we, we learned from osmosis, we learned Spanish. We, 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 we couldn't speak it, but we understood everything they were fighting about. And then my parents, when I grew up at home, they spoke to us in French. So it's a French-speaking home. So we knew French. But you see, we grew up in Egypt. And when, we grew up, when you grow up in Egypt and you go to the store, you can't speak to them in French. You have to learn Arabic. So we spoke in Arabic. Then to complicate things, we were sent to English schools. <laughs> so, and, and to be honest with you, I grew up with four languages in my life. And it's such a blessing because all of these years I've ministered in so many Spanish congregations. I ministered in Arabic congregation. I ministered, and it's so wonderful to have this experience growing up with these languages and these cultures. Everywhere you go in the world, there are people who need Jesus from every culture. And it's so amazing to me that God brought me through that so that I can be the evangelist that he has called me to be. And I've been to many countries. Mo Molly and I have traveled thousands and thousands of miles. And everywhere we go, we share the gospel. And as Brother Magdi said, we share the gospel on, uh, on uh, this uh, broadcasting, uh, Arabic broadcasting station, 350 million people. And I was able to tell them whether you're a Muslim or a Christian 
or an American or a Jew. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Praise the Lord. And people called. One Muslim called, he said, I believe in Jesus. And there were many, many people who are responding to the gospel. And they cannot even call because if they find out, they called and said they're a Christian, and they find out who they are. <coughs> but God is working, and it's amazing. I have to tell you a story before I share uh, the scriptures. And I told you that my family, my mother and father, loved the Lord before I did. They found the Lord. What happened is, my mom and dad had a fight one day, and they were always fighting. And that day, we didn't know what happened, but we knew there was a loud noise and, and everything was quiet. We were in our bedroom. We were afraid of what my dad would do. We would lock ourselves in our bedroom because my dad had a terrible temper. And when we heard that loud crashing sound, everything was quiet. We, we opened the door and looked out. My mother was laying on the floor in the living room. And she had fainted. We thought she, dad killed her or something. So we ran in there, tried to revive her. And she came to. And we put her on the Davenport bed. And my sister Mary had come home one day and told my parents that she had accepted Jesus Christ as her savior because the missionaries told her about Jesus. And that day, she told my parents that they needed the Messiah, Jesus, in their lives. What would happen to us children if they keep on fighting like that? And I want you to know, Jesus came that day in their lives. And God brought peace. And I think that in America, in many homes, Jesus needs to come and bring peace. Right? Jesus not only changes people, he changes homes, marriages. Praise the Lord. I don't know, maybe some of you need Jesus to come in your home. But he changed my parents. And it was such an impact on my life. I was a teenager, and I didn't like it. Why? Because I didn't want to become a Christian. You know, it's so boring to be a Christian. I mean, all these people standing up, praise God from whom all blessings flow and all that stuff. And you know, I'm sitting there. I want to have fun, you know? And think I'm having a great time. But we had something happen in Egypt. There was a revolution in Egypt. That time in my life. And Egypt was burning. People were going all over Egypt, burning buildings. And they came to our area where we lived. We lived in a fourth floor of a twin buildings. And the, the, the building next door caught on fire and, and came into our, uh, into our place. And, and we were so scared because there was fire. We were going to die. There was no way out. And people came and told us they found a way to get us out. And what they did, they had a plank from the, four, from the second floor, the fourth floor of, uh, of our apartment building. I think it was the fourth floor. And they put planks from our apartment to another building. Actually, this really happened. 
and the plank became uh, a way of escape. And we were helped by these people to walk out of this burning building into the next building and we escaped. This particular experience really scared me. And I had nightmares for a long time. And my parents were trying to show me how I needed Jesus, you know, but I didn't want to. But I remember one night I had this nightmare and I had died in the fire. Hello? And I didn't go to the nice place. Okay, you understand? There is a, there is a place that's not very nice. Okay? We preachers, we don't like to talk about hell, but it's real. Hello? And it's just not hell like we live on earth. There are many hells on earth. But this is a real hell, a real bad place where you will go if you don't know Jesus Christ. Right? Come on now. Am I right? Come on. It's either true or it isn't true. The Bible says it's true. But I dreamt that dream, and I, I remember waking up, and I went on my knees, and I said, okay, God, I give up. I didn't pray the sinner's prayer. I mean, I, I didn't say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. You know. Okay, God, I give up. And immediately, Jesus came into my heart. It was so wonderful. All I know is it happened. And I went to my parents. They were asleep. This is the middle of the night. I woke them up. It happened. It happened. What happened? I found the Lord. I found the Lord. I said, it changed my life. And I was so excited about Jesus. The first person, my best friend was my cousin Albert. The first person I went to talk to was Albert. And I told him what Jesus had done. No, no, wait a minute. He did, I didn't tell him. I didn't have to tell him. He asked me. He said, you look different. I said, I do. <laughs> what did you do? I said, you might not like it. He said, what happened to you? I told him about how the Lord came in my life. He knew about my parents becoming believers. Huh? His parents were not, but he knew about that. And he said, you look so happy. And later on he told me, he said, I've decided that what you have is real and I would like to have it too. So the first person that I shared Jesus with was my cousin and he accepted the Lord and it was wonderful, you know. And you know, I went to school, and in high school, uh, it was in junior high when I found the Lord. And before I found the Lord, I, by the way, when I say junior high, we didn't have junior high in high school. We, we had secondary school and all that stuff. We didn't call it that, but I'm telling you so you understand. But uh, they moved me back because I didn't study. I didn't care about studying and everything. And so I, I remained in what we would call junior high, and my friends went to high school, okay? So I remained, they put me back, but I found the Lord. And I began to study hard. And I remember that <laughs> the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? the headmaster, principal, he called me in. I thought I was in trouble, but he said, you know, I'm looking at your grades here. He said, you're different than you were last year. We're going to move you up to high school, you know. He said, what happened to you? And I told him. But he was a missionary. It was a mission school. So he was very happy, you know. 
But in junior high, now this is not high school yet, but in junior high, when this happened to me, and I began to tell my friends about it in, in school, one of the, uh, one of the, my, my uh, friends, he thought they would play a trick on me. So he got up and he said, he was the one making announcements and so on. He said, Lucian Bihar, something happened to him, he needs to tell you about it. And the teachers would stand up and tell us. So my first sermon <laughs> was in junior high. And you know, it's amazing how you can tell what the Lord has done for you because you're excited about it, right? I think you know I'm excited. I think you know that. And I told them about the Lord. And now I was saying goodbye to them because I went to high school. In high school, when my best friend Haig, his name was Haig, and I was there for a little while and they were laughing at me. They told me that I got religion and I was a fanatic and all that stuff. And, but my friend Haig, he was watching me. And after a while, he came to me and he said, Lucian, something happened to you. You look so happy and you're different. I said, yeah. By now, I know the verse. I know the place where to find it. It's different now. It's not like I found the Lord. I'm telling you about in the Bible. This is a mission school. Everybody had to have a Bible. And I told them about Jesus from the Bible. And I'll never forget when Haig said, how do I do that? I said, here's my Bible. It's all underlined. You take my Bible and you read these verses tonight. Get on your knees and say, okay, God, I give up. <laughs> well, I said a little more than that, okay. But Haig, the next day, he comes running to me and he hugs me. You don't hug another guy in high school. Okay. I said, what are you doing? He said, it happened, it happened. Just like you said, I went on my knees and I read this and I believed in Jesus in my life. And you know, friends, Haig became like a wonderful child of God. He began to tell others, and others in the high school accepted Christ, and he would bring me people, and we would pray together, and we had a Bible study together, and God began to work in this high school. It was a mission school. The, oh, all the missionaries were happy, because God was doing great. They had been praying for revival, and we got it. But it wasn't me. It was God's Holy Spirit. Haig, by the way, we have, what was it, a 60th reunion? We had just a year and a half ago, something like two years ago. And uh, Haig was there. And all of these people who had found the Lord in high school were there. They and their spouses. And some of them got up. And I remember, was it Haig who said, you know, I don't know, some, some of them had said, you know, remember when Lucian was telling us about Jesus? <laughs> he changed my life, and they're serving the Lord today. This is 60 years later. Jesus is Lord, and he changes people. This happened in high school, but God began to work in my life. And one day, I had a toothache. And when you have a toothache, you go to the dentist, right? 
So I went to the dentist. They told me there was a cheap dentist. He didn't charge very much. And I was a foreign student. I came to Seattle Pacific University, and I was a foreign student, didn't have any money, and I had a toothache. And they said, we'll send you to Dr. Reddick. He's very good. He's done. Uh, he's not going to charge you very much. And they sent me to this dentist. And I'm sitting there, you know, and this beautiful dental assistant comes down and she said, follow me. And so I followed her and she sat me down in the chair and then she looks down my throat, eyelashes. <laughs> this is Molly right there. <laughs> Boy, I liked her. She liked me too. But let me tell you, something happened in my life. When I was in Egypt, there was this beautiful Jewish gal that I really liked. And she was not a believer, but I really liked her. And I remember <laughs> we were going together, and she was taking me away from the Lord, you know, okay? And the Lord told me, no more. You can't go with her. In fact, the Lord showed me that I could never date a girl who did not love him. And I made that commitment. Never again. And when I met Molly, she was not a believer. Okay? So she tried to do everything to get me to date her because she liked me, okay? And I liked her. <laughs> and the eyelashes, you know. <laughs> and you know, but I witnessed to her, talked to her about the Lord. And <laughs> she was, uh, at that time, she liked, the, also there was another guy that was trying to get her to marry her or, or something like that. But anyway, to be honest with you, I didn't see her after it was over, uh, the dentist. I didn't see her for a while. And then I was invited to give my testimony at a camp. In, uh, in the West Coast, there is a warm beach camp, which is a big camp, youth camp, uh, I mean family camp, and they have youth camp. So I was a speaker, one of the speakers at this youth camp. And I came to the camp, and I remember as I came in, I heard somebody say, Lucian, and I turned around, Molly, what are you doing here? She said, I found the Lord nine months ago. I said, you did? And so we, you know, by the way, I want you to know I was a very bad driver. I had learned to drive at the time. And if you were going with me on a ride, you would be afraid for your life. And the first long journey I took was to go to Sumner, which is another uh, town beyond, uh, you know, away from... Uh, from Seattle, and I drove to her to see that eyelash. And I saw that, <laughs> and I kept going there back and forth, and she didn't like the rides, okay? But you know, one day we went to a church, and this guy was, it was uh, Valentine, something like that, and he was proceeded to remarry these people. I mean, this is, uh, 
you know, Valentine, and all these people were going to be remarried or whatever they do. But, you know, this Valentine you have in America, it's a little different. We don't have Valentine in Egypt. <laughs> but I told her later, I said, it's a good idea. Do you think we should get married sometime soon or something like that? <laughs> she's, she's, she got, I got it all wrong, okay? But something like that. I said, is it too soon to get engaged or something like that? She said, no, 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 no. Now that's true. <laughs> I don't know, I can't remember everything, but I do remember that she said, no, 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 no. First thing she said out of her mouth to me was no. But you know what? The Lord blessed us and within six months, was it something like that? Something? Okay, something like that. What is it? July 15th, yes. I remember July 15th, but I don't know the, the period in between. <laughs> but we were, we were married, and we've been married for 54 years. And you know, I love that woman. She's the most beautiful woman here on this. I'm sorry about you other ladies. <laughs> but you know, it is wonderful to know the girl that God gave you is your supporter and your blessing in your life. We have two beautiful children. They love Jesus. Their whole families love Jesus. All our children and grandchildren love Jesus. My grandchild, the youngest grandchild, the other day, uh, she said to her mother, well, please help me with this, Molly. What did she say to her mother? Did you hear that? She said to her mother, how come I don't get to be a Christian? Her mother said, would you like to be? She said, yes. You want to do it now? Yes. So she led Faith. Faith is a Chinese child adopted from China. She found the Lord that day. We've been blessed. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, when we got married, my greatest joy was to serve the Lord in any capacity, but my, my great longing was to lead people to Christ. And God put me as an assistant pastor to one of the most wonderful, amazing soul winners who was a pastor who built his church on winning people to Christ. He didn't build his church from, he started from scratch and he had very few people and he went into a community and was leading people to Christ, couple after couple after couple. I went. I was under his ministry for about three years, and that man showed me so many amazing things. And one day he said, you know, was it Margie? Uh, what is it? Dexter and Lucille. He said, Dexter and Lucille, I led them to Christ a few weeks ago, and now they're not, they're not coming to church anymore. He said, I want you to go find out why. Find out where they are. They, weren't, they had gone out of town. We didn't know where they were. But I looked and looked and looked for Margie and Lucille, and finally I found them. It was a 12-apartment uh, building, you know, um, part, 12 apartments in this area. And they lived in apartment number 10 or something like that. And I'll never forget 
I went up to the apartment, knocked on the door. And as I went up, there was a beautiful car. It was a 1968 Pontiac GTO. Candy apple red. <laughs> On the driveway. And I said, where have you been? What's this car doing? Is this your car? He said, yes. Where have you been? He said, it's the car's fault. What do you mean? He said, we bought this car. This is 1968. They bought the car, 1968. Okay, GTO. The young couple, they don't have much money or anything. They said, we decided to go downtown, rent a cheap place, and work two or three jobs because our goal was to get this car. And she said, we went away from the Lord. We got the car. Now that we got the car, we lost. We need God again. So I said, the Lord loves you, and he wants you back home. So I had the privilege of kneeling with them. They gave their life to the Lord again and rededicated their life to the Lord. I'll never forget that. They were so excited. And I said, well, praise the Lord. Now I'll see you next Sunday. They said, no, 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 you can't leave. The people next door, they came to us this week. And the husband, he came to us and he said they had heard Billy Graham on the radio and he talked about Jesus and he said he wanted to know how he can be born again, like Billy Graham and said, and we didn't know what to do, we were guilty, you know. He said, could you stay here, we'll go get them. Okay, I'm seated there. They come, they sit down. I said, would you like to know how to be born again? Yeah, yeah. We, and he told me about listening to Billy Graham. And you know what? I had the privilege of leading them to Christ. I mean, these people are, it's just like, uh, they're so open, all right? So we lead them to the Lord. And I, it's about 10 o'clock, I get up to leave. They said, no, you can't leave because the people in apartment number one need them more than we do. <laughs> now, you think I'm telling you a fib. This really happened. And I said, this is so late. They said, no, 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 we, they're, they're, they're fighting all the time. They need Jesus. I said, okay. So the two ladies went to apartment number nine. I did not know that before, but they told, told them that they're having a party in apartment number 10. We're having a party. So she brought her drink, her highball, <laughs> and she came to the party. And as soon as she sat down, they began to tell her, you know, Jesus and all that stuff. And this is our pastor. He will help you. She said, okay. So I had the privilege of leading her. She never drank the rest of the drink. But Jesus came in her life. She said, you can't go yet because you have to go and get my husband. He needs Jesus. But he said he doesn't like ministers. And he's really very anti-Christian. I said, I tell you what, we'll come another time. <laughs> and this time I brought Molly with me the next week or something. And I put her in front of me and I was in the back. And I thought, I knocked on the door and <laughs> he came out, big guy, you know, bare chest, you know. He looked at me. What did you do to my wife? 
He said, whatever she got, I needed worse. So we went inside, right, Molly? And we led him to Christ. And you know what? In that apartment, 12 apartments, there were five couples who found the Lord. Friends, it is amazing, but God is doing amazing things. And as an evangelist, everywhere that I've gone, people open their lives to Christ. I've got to tell you another story. Am I taking too long? It's very late. 8, 7.30? 7.30? Everybody is asleep already? <laughs> you think they'll stay awake just for one more story? Is it okay? Okay. We started a church in Belgium. We started actually four churches there. And in one of the churches, we had many people from various backgrounds, Filipinos and married to Belgians, and we had all these people. And uh, I remember one day, a friend, one, one of the people in our church was a, uh, he was a wonderful believer. He was uh, Belgian, spoke Flemish, and he uh, led a man to Christ, and his wife was a Muslim. And uh, they, they, his name was Nico, and her name was Ali Aisha, Aisha. And they invited them to church. Well, they came because we have a big dinner every week, we would have a dinner. People love to come to dinner, right? They might not like to come to church, but they come to dinner. And we have church. And, and I remember she came to me and she said, to me, she said, I'm a Muslim, I don't believe Jesus is God, and I'm not going to become a Christian, or something like that. I said, you don't have to believe that Jesus is God. Just come to church and hear the sermon. Because I believe anybody who comes to church and they listen to the sermon. If God draws them, he will draw them. He will change their heart, right? Come on now. It's not what I say. It's what God does. So one day we, had, we have communion, you know. And one day we, we had communion. And I said, be careful. Don't take communion if you don't believe in Jesus. I had to say that. You take communion only if you believe that Jesus is in your heart. And he's the son of God. He came and died for you. He's, he's, uh, he's forgiven you your sins. You're taking communion because you love him and you're in a deep relationship with him. I told them that. Then we gave communion. I noticed that she's taking communion. And I was feeling bad about that. Then she came to me and she said, Pastor Bihar, I did it while I was taking communion. She said, I believe Jesus is my Lord now. And I tell you, it was so wonderful. Because we led her, you know, the next morning, uh, that night, I had a dream. And in the dream, the Lord told me to go visit Aisha right away. So I wake up, right, Molly? I woke up that morning and I said, honey, the Lord told me to, to go to Aisha. She said, well, let's go. If the Lord tells you, we go. So we went to see Aisha, and we went through the steps of salvation with her because we knew she was Muslim, and we knew we wanted to explain the whole salvation message, so we knew for sure. She said, I did that yesterday, you know, and we prayed with her. Well, we knew that the Lord really did it in her life, and it was so great, but a few days later, they had an accident, and both 
husband and wife were, were killed in this accident. But you know, friends, Aisha and Nico are with Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? It's, it's a little after 7.30. It's okay. okay. Now, friends, let me tell you something. Jesus is Lord. And it's so wonderful to come to your church and talk about Jesus. He's the bright and morning star. He's the living Lord. Today, let's stand and let's invite him in a new and fresh way into our lives. Right? I mean, you might be already saved, but isn't it wonderful to renew and to make a fresh commitment to him and to say, Lord, come in a new way. Touch me. You know, remember the Leo decision church, you lost your first love, right? We get so distracted by hundreds of things. But friends, I need to do it regularly. I need to open my heart and to say, God, renew my love for you. Renew my passion for you and for people and for the kingdom of God. I need that. So would you join me as I pray for you and with you? Would you stand, please? Now, I'm an evangelist. An evangelist brings the salvation message to people. You are believers, most of you, right? Am I right? You already know Jesus. But why, what, why are we standing up? Because we're standing up to make a fresh, new commitment to him, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Would you hold somebody's hand somewhere? Let's hold across the aisle if you want. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Okay? Heavenly Father, if there's somebody here who does not know Jesus, I pray that you would touch them. I pray that you would come into their lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would bless and touch every single person here. Father, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon them, that they would know you, that you are greater and most wonderful person in the universe, the Son of the living God. We open our hearts to you in a new and fresh way. Touch us and take over our lives. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity.